Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking, wherever, whenever. And Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. In this week's episode, we're talking about something we all need, something we all love, something some of us wouldn't mind having more of, something that can sometimes be a little hard to talk about, a little taboo even. Money, we're talking about money. I don't know about you, but any tips and tricks I can pick up along the way to help me spend it, save it or invest it can only be a good thing, right? Defence Bank's Stuart Payne kicks off this episode by talking us through how to work out our money goals. Some of the things you can do before you come up with a budget is actually to set your goals. By setting your goals, you'll understand what you need to do. Often people would come in for an interview and not quite know what they're actually coming into. But once you sat down and talked to people, you get those answers from them. So writing those goals down to begin with really helps. And then once you've established that, you can look at your income and you can start to look at your expenses and put all those expenses down on paper or as I do in Excel. There are some really cool tools out there now, Spend Tracker. There's also some really good stuff with the ASIC website where they actually have the tools so you can put the numbers in. But really just the start there is the really important part. Get those goals out, understand what you're doing and then work out from there the time frames in which you think realistically you can achieve those goals. So once you've worked out the incoming and outgoing and set a realistic budget, what's next? So once you've established your income and expenses and you've got the leftover, and what I think is really important for any budget is to consider yourself first, to pay yourself. A lot of people live week to week and don't consider that they're not actually paying themselves. And so why would you want to pay yourself first? It's giving you that option so that you can actually save and achieve those goals. Once you've got the leftover and you've worked out you can accommodate that additional savings, get yourself a savings account to start that initial savings off. What about if your savings are about to increase thanks to the military member receiving a chunk of cash through deployment, retention or discharge? So at Defence Bank, we come up with a salute account, which is specifically designed for our ADF members. And what it does is it's completely aligned to the ADF and their, I guess, their life stages. And when they come into large sums of money, so they might have a service benefit while they're deployed. It can be for their 15 years where they get a retention benefit. It can be also used when they actually leave Defence and it'll give them an opportunity to get a great rate for at least 12 months. They can park the funds with us and know that they're getting a good rate until they decide what they're going to do. Of course, you and your military member need to consider all options and do what's right for your family. So what about credit cards? Celia Canavan from Defence Bank talks us through whether there's a time and place for them and what's with the minimum repayment on credit cards. Should we be paying more than that? Yes, you should absolutely be paying more than the minimum on your credit card 
With credit card, you are always charged a premium rate as opposed to other types of lending. You have to look at it that a credit card is a convenience item and they're used for convenience. And like anything else, you pay a premium for convenience. Just like you pay for takeaway food as to making it at home, you pay a premium. So you must always view your credit card in line with that. So the quicker that you pay that premium off, the less it is going to impact you financially, the less money that you're burning up in interest. And what about having multiple credit cards? Or how do banks even come up with that thing called a credit score? Put simply, a credit score is an indicator of how you manage your financial position. There's many factors that are taken into account when a lender or a provider is looking at your credit score, such as your repayment history, good or bad. Do you miss repayments? Do you make your repayments on time? What types of credit do you look to have multiple credit cards or multiple short-term debts? Is that how you're actually financing your lifestyle? So how can we make sure our credit score is good? And what about things like Afterpay? Do they have an effect on your credit score? You can manage your credit score by just making sure you manage your finances. Very simply, if you manage your finances well, your credit score reflects that. It would probably surprise some people to know that Afterpay and Payday Lenders can have an impact on your credit score. If it looks like that is how you're funding your lifestyle through those types of products, then that could influence the lender. When you're looking to go into larger debts, lenders will absolutely look to see how much you are reliant on those type of products to fund your current lifestyle. What about some easy to remember things we can do to help ourselves and our finances out? Some tips or simple actions that you can do that will help you money-wise would be always pay your highest interest-bearing debt down first. If you've got a credit card that you're paying at 17% on, as opposed to a home loan that you're paying 3% on, if you've got a couple of extra dollars, throw it into the balance of the credit card. Another one would be review your budget regularly. Just like anything else, your budget should not be something that you set two years out and that you're still working to that same budget two years down the track. A third thing which can be a little bit of a trap for people depending on how you manage your finances is your offset account. If you're a really good spender and not necessarily a really good saver, really think about is an offset facility the best one for you or are you better to have that money in your loan and just have a redraw facility so you only access it when you actually need to rather than having it as an easy access point through an offset account. We've spoken about budgets and money goals, credit cards and scores. Now onto that often unknown territory of investing. Sometimes just saying that word can seem overwhelming, but Emma Dalglish from Defence Bank breaks it down for us. One of the most common things is people think saving and investing are the same thing. When really saving is more about putting that money aside, the extra funds that you've got in an account ready for your goals. Or you might put it aside for a holiday or buying a fancy new couch or something like that. Whereas investing is more about buying assets like property or shares and eventually making that money work for you and earn money for you. So that's sort of the difference between saving and investing. So if we've decided investing is something that suits us and we want to look into it, 
Where do we even start? So the most important thing to remember when it comes to investing is that you don't necessarily need a lot of money to get started. I think people think they need big lump sums of cash in order to get started. The important thing is getting started, putting a little bit of money away each payday towards an investment. And there's a lot of different tools out there that you can use. It's really about putting aside what you can perhaps in a savings account that discourages you from accessing it. But there's also things out there like micro-investing apps, which actually allow you to put as little as $5 in a week, perhaps. It takes it automatically out of your bank account, so you don't notice that it's even coming out. And it also teaches you about the share market and how it works. So that's one of the things you can do to get started. You don't, you don't need to, to have $5,000 saved up to, to put into the share market. But sometimes investing isn't necessarily about buying property or stocks. Another way you might invest smaller amounts is potentially superannuation. Superannuation does allow you to make smaller contributions and smaller investments. We've got people in some of our super funds that contribute as little as $50 a month and that all works towards their retirement savings. So yes, you can't touch it for another few years, but it's gonna be there when you're ready to retire and ready to use it. And you'll be amazed how much that money can build up and work for you over the long term. A lot of people think that when they're not working, they can't boost their super. They can't make contributions into their super because there isn't the employer there putting that 9.5% that the employer has to put in. That's not the case. So what people can do, for example, if you've got some spare savings or cash lying around, that can actually be directed into super as what we call an after-tax or a personal contribution. And the government will actually make a contribution as well on your behalf into your superannuation. So you can boost your super in that way. And how do us spouses go about boosting our super when we're self-employed? Because I have to be honest, it's something that I often worry about and really need to get on top of. So if you're someone who's working for yourself, you're traveling around Australia and you've got your own business, you're working for yourself, a lot of the time you forget to pay yourself superannuation. What a lot of people don't realize is that they can actually make contributions themselves into their super fund. And it actually has two benefits. The first is obviously boosting your superannuation balance, but the other one is reducing your assessable income. You can claim a tax deduction on that money that you put into super and actually reduce the tax that you're paying outside of super. So yay for insider info thanks to Defence Bank. Whether you're trying to spend it, save it or invest it, some helpful info to get us started. But remember, any advice offered in this episode is not intended to replace more in-depth consultation with your chosen bank or financial advisor, but it's to set you on the path to researching more about budgeting, money goals, credit cards and credit scores, investing and super contributions. I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. 
Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 